Hi guys, this is Matt Cairns here, manager of Life Church United Football Club and social media administrator for the Coventry and District Church Football League. Welcome to the all new podcast, the first ever episode. And we haven't got a name yet, so if you have got any suggestions for a name, why not drop us an email or a tweet or a WhatsApp group or what's that other group called? Joe? Discord. 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 Drop us a message on there and we'll be happy to listen to suggestions. Um, at the start of the show, we thought we'd give you a bit of a teaser question. And this question is, which team holds the most Division 1 titles in the Coventry and District Church Football League history? The answer will be at the end of the show. That question again, which team holds the most Division 1 titles in the Coventry and District Church Football League? Okay, so on the show this week is my co-host Joe Grayson. Joe is the chairman of the league and Joe, let's uh, talk first of all about last season. Um, thoughts on last season on, on the whole? Hi Matt and hello to everyone listening. Um, yeah, last season was a, an interesting one for me and for everyone really. I think the nature of having to have the lockdowns and the breaks in the middle of the season made it feel like the longest season in history which made it challenging, I think, in a different way for a lot of teams. We had a lot of fixture congestion towards the end of the season. And and I I remember saying at the end of season tournament that we had as well, just a massive thank you to all the players, managers, refs, everyone who carried on playing right to the end of June, uh, when normally we would have finished two months before that. Just a little recap on where teams finished and everything like that last season. So... Uh, Division 1 actually went right down to the last game of the season um, and that was between Coventurians and Hope um, and Coventurians managed a a massive victory on the last day of the season. I think it was 5-1 against Hope um, and they they clinched the the title there. So well done to uh, Coventurians' Holy Family. And then Division 2 I think was wrapped up Possibly before we even went into June, yeah. Um, Saints went on an amazing run last season, unbeaten. Um, I th- yeah, just uh, again massive well done to Saints who will be playing in Division One next season. Okay, so as chairman of the league, though, would you say you're quite relieved to have got that season out of the way? Because obviously a lot of logistical nightmares. Yeah, definitely. So it's um, I came in, I took over as chairman the season before COVID sort of came in, so. I'm quite looking forward to next season when hopefully it's a, a bit of a, an easier season to sort out logistically and we haven't got massive breaks and uh, lockdowns to deal with in the middle of the season. And what about Fishers, eh? Winning the uh, National Church Trophy. I know, yeah. What a what an achievement, really. But yeah, we'll hear more from um, Mike and Deck, who are the managers of Fishers, um, on a later podcast where they're, they're actually going to come on and be our guests and talk to us about their sort of journey through the trophy all the way to the final um, which I'm really looking forward to hearing a bit more about that. Okay so on every episode that we're going to have on this podcast we will have a couple of guests and tonight's guests are first of all Sean Davis. Good evening Sean. Evening Matt thanks for having me. That's all right you're welcome. Him, Sean is the treasurer and manager of Christ the King and also joining us tonight is Gary Baldwin. Good evening Gary. Hi Matt, how's it going? Very well, thank you. And Gary is the referee coordinator and he also plays for Elam. So if I just start with you, Sean, um, do you want to give us a bit of a description of your role within the league or past experience playing in the league and favourite moment of last season? Sure thing, Matt. 
So, um, my name's Sean Davis, uh, I'm manager of Christ the King. So, my role at the moment with uh, the league is the treasurer. So, I oversee all the ins and out of the finances of the whole league, make sure everything's running quite smoothly, collect the uh, league affiliations, chase up any other outstanding um, minor debts, really. Uh, just make sure the, ba- the books are balanced at the end of the year. Sean's the, the annoying guy who will send you a <laughs> message if you've not, <laughs> paid, <laughs> not paid your money. He'll be after you. That's me, guys. Sorry about that. Something <laughs> personal. Um, uh, I've played uh, for... A couple of teams. So I've played for Cov Saints, uh, Herc Saints now, with James, Coxie and the lads. Uh, again, congrats for their unbeaten season. Uh, a couple of seasons with them, which I really enjoyed. Fortunately, it didn't uh, work out, so I moved on uh, to Christ the King this year um, as manager. Played an odd game here and there, but I don't plan to do that very much this season with a new crop of uh, youngsters coming through. Favourite moment was uh, last game of the season. Beat newly promoted... Uh, Loafers, so uh, 3-1, very good win, which we've been building for for a number of months now. So definitely a good win uh, overall in the season. Yeah, I've got to say, your team vastly improved as the season went on. Now, I'm going to mention it, as Life Church United manager. We, out of nowhere, beat Christ the King 10-1. But if anyone saw that scoreline and thought, oh, 10-1, it wasn't a 10-1 game, I can tell you now. Our players seem to have boots that day were made out of gold. <laughs> and everything they pretty much um, that they uh, kicked or shot it went into the back of the net. And actually, come was it June? Christ the King actually did get their own back on us. They beat us four three. But if I'm being brutally honest, that scoreline probably flattered us as well. We probably could have been about five nil down by half time. Would you say that you your team improved gradually as the season went on? Did the lockdown maybe help you or? I'm surprised it's took six minutes that you've highlighted. (laughs) (laughs) Actually thought it'd be quicker than that. Uh, No, so uh, beginning of the season it was tough. We uh, didn't have many players, didn't have many training sessions to be honest. We wasn't a very organised team. I think it showed early on, uh, five, six defeats. Seven by Mosaic, seven by Fisher, ten by uh, Life. And it showed it. Uh, Frankly, the lockdown probably helped us where we all... The senior players, uh, coaches involved, just sat down and said, uh, maybe we should take this a little bit serious, get everyone involved, work our socks off. Came back after the lockdown in April and put on a, a couple of good performances, 5-5 with Fisher. Um, unfortunate to lose 2-1 to Mosaic, beat Life 4-3 uh, f- uh, and then beat uh, uh, Lofus 3-1. So... It's uh, definitely a process that we believed in and worked hard to get there, especially this season where we're hopeful to go a bit better than 7th place last year. Yeah, you just answered my next question, so I was going to say what your sort of expectations for, for this season, because uh, like, obviously if you go, you finish the season that well, you hope to obviously take that momentum into the start of the next one. So we have to take each game as it comes. Um, overall, I'd like to finish as high as possible. I wouldn't want to rule out the top, so... Um, on our day, I think we can challenge anyone over yeah. 90 minutes. Uh, if I compare the best team I possibly can week in, week out, I think we could surprise a few over the whole season and do the unthinkable and maybe get first or second. Just coming back to your job of like, you know, like collecting money and stuff like that, what, what are the biggest challenges? Obviously, the obvious one is asking me for money. Is there anything else that you find difficult with the job or with the role? Or? <laughs> oh, no, that's not a challenge. I quite like asking for money, to be fair. <laughs> that's the easy bit. I fully um, expected you to say dealing with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. Because <laughs> um, we are all 
amateur clubs, the funds is the issue to begin with mm. because we don't have big pots like 100 mil to go spend on Life Church's striker. We don't have that. <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't actually have that either. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have to give the teams a few weeks to start up so then they can check their own balances over what they've accumulated over the previous season. I know like we've, we're looking at new kits, new balls, new equipment. That costs. So for some teams, they don't have that to begin with. So we have to sit down and work with them and say what kind of arrangement we can come with. So then we're prepared, they're prepared, and the books are still balanced at the end of the month, end of the year. Okay, so our second guest of the evening is Gary Bolden, and Gary is the referee coordinator for the league. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your role, Gary, and what that sort of entails? Yes, so like you said, I am the um, league coordinator for for referees, um, and... The key thing for me is making sure we've got officials every Saturday. Uh, that's the bread and butter of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be my third season in the role coming up now. Um, so hopefully my first season where we're not in a lockdown. So mm. that's quite exciting. Um, but one of the visions that I had when I first took this role was um, making sure that we had different reps for every game. So um, each club could have a variety of different experiences with the refs and the refs got to meet all of the different um, teams so there's a bit of variety that you get officials from all over and it kind of networks quite well um, it's, and statistically behind every game we look at the referee scores um, and the fair play and the referees comment on how the teams have done and vice versa um, which is all logged statistically and what we try and do from that is towards those crunch games, those six-pointers towards the season that could be detrimental for league titles. Um, we try and put the higher officials in there. Um, so, little shout-out to, I guess, Andy Ashton, who was our referee of the season yeah. last year. Um, he did a fantastic job. And um, going into the last few games, there was four refs that could have been ref of the season, but Andy mm. was consistent throughout, so he had a fantastic year. And thank you all for, for his award at the trophy you couldn't stop smiling so you made his day so he's he's absolutely buzzing about that um and um monitor the fair play as well so the teams are logged on that which um obviously i think since joe's been chairman of this league the standard of the league's expectations has been fantastic you know we have such a high expectation on teams um and i think um life church did a fantastic job last year um scoring so many um fives i I didn't pay him to say that (laughs) (laughs) i think it's an incredible achievement they got 15 out of 16 fives which um, for a variety of eight teams or nine teams that's, that's an incredible achievement so so really well done to them as well thank you what about um, challenges that you, you face like you ever get on a ref pull out or um, teams message oh I don't want that ref do you ever get anything like that or or maybe referees answering their phone midway through the game <laughs> We, we do, I think what we've got to appreciate with this league being amateur is obviously none of us uh, are Messi's or Ronaldo's, or we might have a few of them <laughs> that think they're that way. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the league is absolutely fantastic for, for young referees trying to get in there, or referees that might be a little over the hill that you know haven't got the legs um, quite there. So um, we've got a few of those where we've had issues where certain teams will say, you know, do we really have to have that ref? You know, there might have been an incident, and we can all agree around the table here, you know, um, 
the people that make the least mistake on a Saturday are the referees, you know, like we, we'll look at our teams and we'll see mistake after mistake. The referee might, you know, I mean, the, the Ford incident we talked about was unforgivable. <laughs> um, no, we've never seen on match of the ref take out his phone uh, and then give a penalty. Um, so maybe it was on the phone to be, yeah, I had. But yeah, we do have incidents like that. And I think what we've got to do is try and address that, you know, certain refs have also said they refuse to do certain teams. And I think for anyone listening to this, it's that conduct, you know, we, w- we don't want to be a league or um, a club that has those kind of players that, you know, deter referees away. Uh, I think what sets this league apart, and Joe has always said this perfectly, is, you know, the attitude of the players and the teams in this league is phenomenal. We'll all go in there with a healthy competition you to take three points. But at the end of the day, it's about much more than that. It's about a community where we can come together. And I feel the referees are part of that community as well. And they really love coming back to this league. And obviously you played last season for Elim. How long have you played for Elim for now? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Veteran comes to mind here. Um, so yeah, this will be my 16th season. Wow. So, you had a testimonial yet? Uh, well, <laughs> I stepped down as assistant manager last season. Okay. Um, it's you know the only club that I've played for. And... Um, Fell into this league more by luck than than anything. Um, but yep, sixteen seasons with him, thirteen as assistant manager. Um, you know, definitely each season I go I feel a little bit. <laughs> it takes a little time, bit longer yeah. to recover after a game. Yeah, yeah. you can see those <laughs> retirement years coming up. But um, yeah, I think I've probably got a few more seasons. Maybe uh, two decades. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it to twenty years. I'll be happy. And what would you say your favourite moment? of last season was maybe as a player or as referee coordinator I think um, with regards to being in division one that was um, quite a, a long journey when we got promoted in the fact that um, we were all sat around the table in the managers meeting about uh, a points per game basis and Elon were one of the teams that were fortunate in a weird way that lockdown hit we got promoted and I think there was a lot of questions with regards to are Elam ready for this uh, and we went up and I have to say you know we got the most points we got for a while but what stands out for me is the CLM Elam game which is the Pentecostal derby in our league <laughs> uh, edging that 3-2 because uh, CLM are an absolutely fantastic team so I have to say standout was um, you know absolutely incredible game that one what about this season? Do you think you can bounce back at the first time of asking, or do you think it's like a season of rebuilding, maybe for Elam? It's it's a tricky one to say because James is is fully taking charge now. So James Hughes is is the man in the in the middle. He's uh, working on quite a few different things. So the philosophy uh, it depends how quickly it takes off. We've obviously got a very tricky start with Coventrians and Christ the King first couple of games, which you know are teams that you'd expect to be um, going for the points as well. Um, I'm always optimistic with Elam. We're a yo-yo team. Um, you know, we we're a very good Division Two team. Uh, we're a competitive Division One team, but you know, we've just fell short. So yeah, West Brom of the Church League. West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for that middle league. <laughs> Deep into stoppage time at the end of the match at the Emirates, West Brom are going to be relegated from the Premier League as Arsenal lead by three goals to one. Rob, what have West Brom been missing this season? Do you think? Well, number one, uh, your structure has to be good as a team. Um, Defensively, too many goals um, in the midfield, too open, um, not enough impact to who they're playing up against. 
Um, and of course, you, you always need goals, but um, that structure has been missing. Uh, conceding too many goals, very open, uh, a team that hasn't really worked together. So then let's look forward to next season. Well, this season, I'm sure many of you have already started your, your pre-season training. I know Sean definitely has. We've had about 20 friendies so far. <laughs> um, <not> yet. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Division 1 then. Um, so Hope, let's start with them. Um, finished second last season. They've won Division 1 title in 2018 and 19 season. Runners up in 17, 18, 19, 20 and 2021 season that is some good pedigree some good consistency right there i'm going to say i don't really know a massive amount about hope other than that martin gormley won the golden boot by about <laughs> october maybe <laughs> but that sounds like you know they're in good stead good shape and are probably the team to beat division one definitely yeah and hot on their heels obviously is is probably going to be meredith uh, they finished third last season um, they are actually one of the most decorated teams in, in both divisions as well. They've won four Cups. Uh, they're the current holders of the Cup, having won it in eighteen nineteen, which was the last time we were able to hold it, um, as well as four league titles, um, the, the last one as recently as the 1920 season as well. So they, I think, will be up in the mix there as well. Yeah, and then moving on now to Beck, which for anyone that doesn't know what Beck stands for, it stands for Bilton Evangelical Church. And they finished fourth last season. They have four cup titles to their name. They lost to Meredith in the 2018-2019 final. And their highest league finish was second in 2018-2019 season. But I can tell you they've got a very tough cup draw. They are drawn away against Live Church United <laughs> in the extra primary round. So uh, I'm sure many of our boys I know are uh, really up for that game. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, they do love a good cup run, and uh, another team that does love a good cup game, especially against Hope, is CLM, um, who finished fifth last season in Division One, um, which I think was their their second highest finish. They've only ever finished once higher than that. They actually won the Division Two title in eighteen nineteen as well. So, really looking forward to seeing what CLM can pull out the bag next season. Yeah. That moves us on to the National Church Trophy winners of St John Fisher, um, 1920 Division Two title. The highest league finish was six in the first division last season, and obviously I've just mentioned that they won the national trophy. And we also see the return of the Fishers Derby next season, which could be quite interesting, quite a tasty fixture. Yeah, I mean, if the end of season tournament was anything to go by, the Fishers Derby was one of the most interesting games to watch, <laughs> and I think there was a few injuries within the first thirty seconds. <laughs> um, and the the next team that that kind of brings us on to is is quite an exciting prospect, I think, for Division yeah. One this season is Saints, uh, Herc Saints. They were Division Two champions last season, uh, going uh, 16 games played unbeaten, 15 wins and one draw, which is incredible. Um, and they also did win the Division One title back in 2014-15. So if they can kind of pull together based on, on that, I'm sure they will do well this season as well. And that moves us on to Fishers B, who've just been promoted um, from Division Two. I can actually say our first ever league game as Life Church United was actually against Fishers, in which we won a crazy game 8-4 in the first game of the season, but then they did get their own back on us, winning 5-1. And I've got no doubts that they'll at the very least hold their own in that division. 
Yeah, absolutely. And another team that are really good at holding their own is Loafers. Um, just from my own personal experience of playing them, I don't think I've ever gone into a game with Loafers and it be anything but a really tough, mm. challenging game. I think we've had more two-all draws with Loafers than any other team. Very experienced side. Yeah, very experienced side. Um, and they, you know, their, their highest ever league finish in Division 1 was fourth. So it'll be interesting to see if they can build on that this season. And that moves us on to our very last team, which is Sacred Heart, who are new to the league completely this season. They are based in Balkington, and I can't really tell you much about them, other than they actually beat Herc Saints by four goals to two in a friendly the other week, and that you know that's a result that's probably going to raise a few eyebrows, maybe. Yeah, definitely. The yeah, it was really interesting to see that. Obviously, Saints haven't come off the back of an unbeaten season to go into a a friendly with a, a new team for the league. Um, you know, maybe they caught them a bit by surprise there. But um, we're we're going to throw it open to Sean and Gary now. What do you think about Division One next season? Maybe start with yourself, Sean. Who do you think are contending for the the title? Maybe uh, first place runners up. And who do you think is a dark horse in that division? Tough question. That Joe. Division 1 is stacked worth of quality teams, to be mm. fair. Um, on the spot, I'd say, uh, based on uh, previous seasons, Hope have got to be up there. Mm-hmm. I would say Hope will probably win it this year. I think they'll be more determined than last year, mm-hmm. taking it to the last game of the season. I think they might wrap up with a couple of games to go this season. The motivation will be there with uh, Nick and uh, Martin, mm-hmm. and I think they'll get the job done. Closely followed by Meredith, I reckon. Mer- Meredith are a tough, tough team. Hate to say it, but I think they go out the cup this year because they have my boys, Christ the King. <laughs> so uh, I think that will be one to keep an eye out for. I know Steve will uh, look forward to that draw, mm. whether he looks forward to having a bunch of teenagers run around his uh, players for 90 minutes is uh, another matter, but yeah, Meredith are going to be up there second. Dark Horse, yeah, ooh, tough one. Um, I think at the end of last season, CLM won their last five or six. Fortunately, it came a bit too late. If they uh, take that form into the start of pre- uh, pre-season, which they already had a high draw 5-5 with Hope mm. which is some result to be fair 10 goals can't argue with that what a game yeah incredible and they they always seem to pull out some sort of result against Hope whether it is a goal thrilling draw or I think they have beaten them as well a couple of times which and I, I believe they are the the team to have taken the most points from Hope in all the seasons Hope have, have been playing with us now which is a big achievement so yeah a good uh, a good choice, I think, for Dark Horse there. It's a great effort from Nathan and his team down there. If they can uh, start September, nice nice firing goals and keep tidy, clean sheets, they'll be absolutely fine. And who knows, they can challenge the top three or four and have their best place finished uh, ever. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, so hope hope for first. Meredith, a cl- uh, close second, close-ish, close enough to put Five the pressure on. Five or six on. points behind, I reckon. Um, and CLM as a, as a potential dark horse to, to get up the table a bit there as well. What do you think, Gary? Um, as much as it pains me to say, I think I agree with, with Sean on the title winners. Hope there's going to be um, a lot of hunger there based on the last two seasons. I think, um, obviously, a couple of seasons ago, the season got shut short um, mm-hmm. and hope we're in contention before that point one, one game further and, and they could have won the title like we said earlier in the show um, the title went down to the last game um, and um, hope we're going to want it this year so I can see them winning it um, second I've gone quite controversial here I'm going to go Fishers 
Mm. Um, first team. <laughs> um, if they can win the National Cup, um, they can do anything. And playing Fishers last year, um, as the season went on, um, they're quite unpredictable. But if I think they can get that consistency together, they could be up there. And I think they're going to be pushing definitely top two. Mm. Um, Dark Horses, I had um, CLM. And I played Division One last year. And it took me four days to recover from Mark and the CLM winger. Um, I don't know if that's me being old or them being young. <laughs> They've got bags of energy. Um, and like like we said, they, they throw some shocks out there every time. They Every single one fighting for the title won't want to play CLM. If you get them in the cup, you're already going to have a little bit of a sweat on as well. So mm. um, they're no mugs. And I think they'll be creeping up there. Um, don't know if they'll have it in the locker next season, but... Um, yeah, they're my dark horses too. Interesting, interesting that you've both gone for kind of yeah. similar picks and I can see what you're saying about Fishers as well. I think it's been really good to see them sort of develop and grow as a team over the last few seasons. You know, since they since they formed and joined the league, they've really come on a long way. Um, and like you said, going on to win the National Trophy as well, I think that might give them a little bit of an extra boost this year as well. Um, so we'll move on to Division 2 then. Um, and we'll, we'll start straight away with uh, with your guys, Gary, with Elim. Um, obviously relegated from Division One last season after a, a tough season in Division One. Um, but a little known fact is that Elim were actually the very first team to win the Coventry and District Church Football League oh. title, um, and they actually won it twice back in ninety seven ninety eight um, and then ninety nine two thousand as well. Um, what, what what do you think, Gary? Do you think Elim uh, we'll do well this season. Um, I'm confident. I think we go into every game fighting for it. Every time we're in Division 2, we know we're going to be in there. Um, it's very competitive um, with regards to all the teams in there. There's not one game, I think, in Division 2 where you think there's points on the board. Um, and anybody who thinks that is in for a rude awakening. Um, mm-hmm. So... I think you've got to take game by game. But um, I'd like to think that we would be putting a strong promotion push together um, and I think we will be in contention towards the end Okay, next up is Ripped which uh, they were also relegated from Division 1 last season they have got two cups to their name winning the 2007 and 2009 uh, cup competition they've also got five Division 1 titles which is pretty impressive for a side that will be playing in Division 2 this season Yeah, definitely and they, um, I think they're the only team other than Mosaic to have won back-to-back league titles as well. I've just got to put that one out there. Um, <laughs> although they have they have done it on two occasions as well. Um, and I think they were really sort of dominant in the kind of late 2000s, early, early teens as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how they get on this season for sure. Um, moving on to the next team is uh, Coventrians, who were runners-up in Division 2 last season. Um, due to just wanting to give their youngsters um, as much opportunity as we can to play football um, and to try and kind of help guide them as well with the fair play um, and the the kind of ethos of the league. They will be playing in Division 2 again this year um, and I'm sure that they will throw in, um, you know, again, a really good fight and and a good push for that, those top two or three spots in Division 2. Next team, it brings us on to Mosaic, a team I actually played a few games for back in 2010 sort of time. Plenty of happy memories there. Plenty of people I know um, within that organisation. I know that 
um, certain Joe Grayson has now stepped down as manager. Um, and I know that one of my good mates, Adam Vaziniak, he'll be uh, doing a lot of helping out there. And they're a, they're a good, experienced team, got plenty of uh, quality, and I'm sure that they'll be up there um, next season. Yeah, definitely. I think they um, were unlucky to finish as far down as they did last season. Um, and another team to, to kind of finish uh, maybe a little bit further down the table than they might have hoped uh, is Life Church finishing sixth last season. Um, obviously, that was that was uh, Mr. Cairns and the boys' first season in the division, um, but some some really good results uh, during that time, and hopefully they can build on that this year and finish a little bit higher now that they've signed uh, a new striker as well. Who's that? Um, oh, I, did, I don't know, mate. Are I you heard, signed for us? I heard a one hundred million pound fee floating around. Messi. <laughs> Crazy. I did try to get Messi, but his salary is a little bit too high. <laughs> no, just coming back to us. So, I think if you'd said at the start of the season, we'd have probably took nineteen points. But I'm a little bit disappointed how he sort of faded a little bit at the end. I don't know if it was because we didn't have much to play for, but I'm hoping that. Come the start of the season, our boys are sort of hungry. We can no longer have the excuse that we're new. We need to really, really set a bit of a marker in this season. Plenty of plenty for us to learn. We're quite a young side as well, quite inexperienced. We had a couple of players and not even played eleven side football mm. properly um, before. So that's a that's a good compliment for them, a good learning curve, and I'm hoping that we do uh, better this season. And that just uh, moves us on to the team whose manager sat to the left of me Christ the King Sean 7th <laughs> in Division 2 last season and it says here best ever finish it's <laughs> <laughs> not the best stat you've got on there no, Joe provided the stats <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it it's not wrong um, first season uh, up till December wasn't very good second half season we pushed on expectations this season will be to challenge everyone that we come against all, all year round and be as high as we possibly can. Nice, I think that's uh yeah, like you said, it was really good to see the team kind of develop over the season. Um I think you already mentioned it earlier when, when Mosaic played you the first time around, I think it was seven one was it? Seven one um, yeah. which which um you know obviously wasn't a great result for you guys and then we came into the, the next game kind of thinking, you know, we beat them seven one last time. Um we can't go into it complacent but this is a game we should win. Um, and within a minute of kickoff, you guys had had two chances to score. You battered us for the first half an hour, and we were really lucky in the end to get that two-one win. I say lucky; we did dig deep and work hard. Um, but you guys were were a completely different team by that second game. Um, so I'm really excited to see where you can uh, where you where you'll end up this season. Um, Another team that are, that are an interesting, exciting prospect for this season is St. Mark's. Yeah. Um, uh, again, quite unlucky, I think, in, in finishing as far down as they did last season. They had um, a couple of really decent performances and they've got some incredibly talented players on the mm. team as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them sort of start to, to gel together and see if they can get a bit of a, a streak of a few good good uh, results together yeah. as well. They certainly finished the season like very well. Very, a little bit similar to your sort of boys, thought they just developed as the season went on got better. Definitely. Um, next team is Wanderers. They finished ninth in Division Two last season. They uh, won the cup in 2011 and 12, and their best ever finish came back in the 2018-2019 season when they finished sixth in Division One. I'm sure next season they'll be hoping to try and get off the bottom. One thing I will say about Wanderers is they'll always battle till the end. 
Um, which brings us on to the ninth team uh, who will take part in Division 2 next season, which is Athletic Sparta. Um, they're new to the league and they are affiliated with the Four Square Pentecostal Church. Um, so over to you guys again, Sean and Gary. What do you think of Division 2 next season? Ooh, uh, that's a really solid Division 2. I don't think anyone's a standout uh, to win the title or runners up. But you can't look past, I don't think, of entrants. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've highlighted, they should have been promoted, finishing second. I think they'll go about their work again this year uh, without too many issues, to be honest. I think they'll be up there. They'll be hard to beat like they were this year. I think they win the division. Second, ooh, tough one. Uh, I th- I'm going to go for Atletico Mosaic. <laughs> They've got a new boss. Uh, <laughs> everyone tries harder when they've got a new boss so I think uh, they might have something to prove uh, sorry about that one Joe <laughs> um, and the dark horse I'm going to say Christ the King my team's going to be up there I, um, like it's been highlighted the first half season it was pointless we turned up we tried we went home second yeah. half of the season we turned up knowing we can't put in the performances we had done in the first half Um Otherwise, it would have been embarrassing, to be honest. Uh, losing 7-0, 7-0, 10. That's 24 goals in three games. That's not good enough. This time around, when we played those three teams, it changed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. Uh, we've already had three pre-seasons. Uh, friendly results. Uh, Hope, KD Athletic off Sunday and Wanderers. Mm-hmm. So the game game management is being used very well by me, getting everyone involved. <laughs> we've had uh, 12 under 18 players involved as well so the future is bright for Christ the King there's a lot of young kids coming through and I think they're ready to take on any challenge in Division 2 so I wouldn't rule out third, fourth from my team That's exciting and, and it's good to see like you said a, a kind of a, a bunch of young lads getting the opportunity to play and and come up against some teams that do have a, a lot of very experienced players that have been playing kind of 11 aside adult football for some of them 20, 30 years um, and they I'm sure they'll learn a lot from those games as well and, and hopefully use that to, to their advantage uh, yeah I can't say that I, I disagree with, with any of those three predictions really, Gary what what do you make of Division 2? Yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a tight one I think for me um, always going to back Elam so I'm, I'm optimistic um, and I'm going to say we go in there uh, for the title this year, We've every time we've been promoted it's been runners up. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on on which way you look at it, um, we've got Coventry in the first game, and I think that's going to be a massive six pointer to start us off with. Mm. Um, we usually start quite well. Uh, you know, we caught Fishers off guard last season, drawing three three. Uh, we were two 0 up with twenty minutes to go. Uh, it's probably why I stepped down because of crazy management <laughs> 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 trying to get three 0 up. Um, so yeah, I think Elam and Conventrians will be competing up there. Um, and if I can make a little shout out on top scorer as well, um, we have an interesting story about one of our lads called Mark Jones, who um, he joined the club as as many of us have probably had a friend of a friend who's helped out when we're yeah, short staffed. Yeah. Uh, one game we had, uh, we were playing, um, I believe it was Loafers, and we only had eight men. Mark Jones made his debut at centre back, and we've always played him there. Uh, he asked to play up front last season. Uh, and through the friendlies, he's scored five and five, um, and we've always had him as a defensive player. He wants to play up top. We're going to give him that opportunity. So I'm going to say 
uh, Mac Jones for the Golden Boot, and I believe he's in the the top ten all-time Division Two strikers. Uh, sorry, goal scorers from um, midfield as well. So um, that'll be quite exciting. Uh, with regards to the dark horse, um, Sean, Sean's philosophy on Christ the King. Uh, you know, you speak with Sean, and there's so much passion, and he believes in his lads so much. Um, he's got a lot of passion and belief with regards to those. And I think when we were talking last season about it being hard, sometimes as a manager. You put something out there and it doesn't work, but you've got to stick with it and see it out. And I think sometimes as managers, we panic a little bit, but not Sean. And I think he's got that belief in his lads and they believe in him as well. Mm. So, I, you know, I think Sean's Christ the King will throw a few surprises out there. Um, I think if he gets it all right, um, he could be up there uh, for fighting for promotion. And I just want to congratulate Sean on that because I think probably as a manager myself, sometimes I've had a, a belief in something and I haven't stuck with it as long as I probably should have. Um, and you kind of think, oh, I've got more experienced players or somebody's played semi-professional and you kind of sell out a little bit. But um, I think fair play to Sean on that front and the fact he's believed in his lads and they're paying that faith back and we'll see next season whether um, he gets the full merit of that. We'll see Saturday. We actually played <laughs> <laughs> He hasn't highlighted that. So I don't know if we'll uh, let you know the results on the next episode. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> if anyone is playing friendlies... Um, We've, we've recently set up a new uh, Discord channel, um, so if you're listening to this and you aren't yet in the Discord channel, uh, why not send us a message, find us on Twitter or Instagram at CovChurchFootball um, or CovChurchSoccer, uh, drop us a message and we'll send you a link to the Discord channel which is our new kind of social hub for players, fans, anyone who goes to the church, basically anyone who wants to join it really. Um, and it, you'll get kind of updates on scores from uh, friendlies in the build-up to the start of next season. Um, it's definitely going to be a really exciting season. I think it's possibly the. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I think it's possibly the most balanced mm. two divisions yeah. that we've had. Um, definitely in the time that I've been sort of playing in the league. Uh, what do you think, Gary? Is it? It's a really good balance, isn't it, across the two divisions? It is. It is. You literally. I think when we were talking last season, you you could already put a divi- like a bracket between certain teams finishing top and bottom. This year in both leagues, you you couldn't predict where anyone's going to finish. I know we've had a, a prediction there, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think going into every game, if you win the title next year, then it's an incredible achievement. I'd probably say this is the most competitive I've seen it in in the 13 to 16 years that I've played yeah definitely and they, and that just kind of adds to the excitement for me really um, while we are making predictions what do you think of Premier League action this season any uh, any predictions you want to throw out there why not start with you Matt are you fancying Leicester to, to kind of get up there in the uh... Uh, they don't stop surprising me honestly they don't like Okay, people go as a pre-season friendly, but just to win the Community Shield on on Saturday was great. Another trip to Wembley, mm. another another win. And the roar of anticipation, which is now part of the trophy lift, starts at the Leicester end of the ground. Casper waits for the backroom staff to join in the players who weren't on the team sheet today to make sure it's a real collective, as it has been on the field. Congratulations, Leicester City, who will take home the FA Community Shield. 
I think the big talking point at the minute is is James Madison going to Arsenal, and I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna make a bit of a bold statement here, and people might think I'm absolutely ridiculous, especially being from Coventry and Madison being from Coventry. But if Leicester lose James Madison, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm. If Leicester lost Yuri Tillemans, they'd be a lot weaker, or Wilfred Ndidi. Um, so from Leicester's point of view, I think this season, I think. I think I think the bid round top six again. I think the biggest criticism, obviously, that they're going to get is if if they are in the top four, will they choke again? Because obviously they're going to they're going to have that tag until they can get back in the Champions League. But from a supporter, from everything that the club's doing, from Brendan Rodgers, obviously doing a great job. I think it's still going in the right direction, and I think look out for Patson Dacker, striker we've just signed from Red Bull Salzburg. He's absolutely rapid. Okay, it was certainly the Austrian league. We got thirty-six goals, I think, last season in that league. And with Vardy getting a little bit slow, maybe mm. not getting as much game time, it's probably the support he needs. Yeah, it's a good compliment um, to Vardy, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I guess the other big talking point from the Premier League is where will where will Harry Kane be playing his football in a couple of weeks? So yeah, who knows? I mean, knows? I've got him on my fantasy team uh, Ooh, just in case, and, and uh, I think whoever he'll be playing for, I'm kind of hoping he moves to City. Just so I've got five City players starting the season for me on my fantasy team because I've also got Jack Grealish in there and I I got him in before he moved to City. Uh, so <laughs> it'd be interesting if I managed to pull that one off. Um, what do you you think, Sean, Premier League next season? I think Manchester United win the league. I think they've made two very good signings with Sancho mm. and Varane. They've targeted uh, weak spots, which was after a centre-back and a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, like you've highlighted Jack Grealish going to Man City did they need him? probably not they've got enough quality players what they did need was a striker yeah. to replace Aguero unfortunately they didn't get a striker at the moment so I don't think they will be as strong Virgil, do you think they will go after Kane? do you think City will go after Kane? they need to they need a striker I don't think Jesus is good enough to get the goals Aguero would get every season um, Aguero is a big game player I know the top four, top six would be terrified if Aguero was on the starting lineup. Whoever he played against, he seemed to score. But without that quality, I don't think Jesus steps up. I don't think he's the number one striker. Yeah, and I think. Um, I like, agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I think it, the one thing Aguero's been really good for for City is just consistency. Like every season, he seems to just score goal after goal. Um, and I know again, just bringing it back. I I always compare Premier League to fantasy football, um, <laughs> and I know I know Aguero has has been a very consistent point scorer for for seemingly forever um, on on fantasy football. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do manage to kind of get someone in to replace him. Uh, what do you think, Gary? I've gone a little bit out there as well. I've got I've gone for a Chelsea title this year. I think they've. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've had the sneaky feeling about Werner. Um, and I've had a little secret bet with my friend that he's going to be the golden boot this year and there's been a lot of talk I don't know if it's a done deal with Lukaku as well looks pretty close isn't it yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of money that's been put on the table um, you can almost buy a Jack Grealish for that so <laughs> um, that's, that's two golden boots you've made now I know <laughs> so who's scoring more Mark <laughs> 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 or Lukaku oh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put 
Mark Jones down to, to be the guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would have thought I'd said that sentence at the start. Of the um, no, no pressure, Mark. Yeah. No, but I think Chelsea have got a good balance, um, you know, defensively. They've got a few attacking midfielders. Um, and if they can get those strikers working together, um, then, yeah, have got a sneaky feeling about Chelsea this year so. yeah while you, while you were talking about Manchester United I did think Chelsea Lukaku for me arguably one of the best strikers in the world right now mm. yeah I think I don't know uh, and I know people from England view it from that season you have with United where maybe he wasn't quite on it for some reason but looking at the Euros looking at how he's played at Inter the last few seasons look at how yeah. he played at Everton or, or even when he was at Chelsea yeah. as well last time he was unbelievable um, and I think I, I personally would definitely put him up there with, you know, your, your Harry Kane's as, as you know best in the world at the moment. But coming back to United, I would say that, yeah, I think the signings of, uh, of Sancho and sorry, the defender from Varane, Varane, yeah, are definitely real statements of intent of where they they went where they want to go. Like, and United haven't won a league title now since. 2013 mm. it's too long mm-hmm. that is way too long yeah. for, for, for Man United for a club that won to be winning that size. league um, thanks you know, for reminding me guys yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, that's fine um, we'll still keep singing it actually. I'm more recent than you but. well I, I actually I actually do have to agree with Sean I think it's um, it's probably United's year I think they've had the time they needed now to sort of gel the players they've brought in like yeah, um, Fernandez. I think if Pogba can have a a good start to the season and can get some fitness and and playing alongside Fernandez. I think I think it'll be theirs to. I think it's. I think Greenwood will get a shed loads of goals this season as well. A Greenwood Green, Greenwood phenomenal. I've uh, managed to get up to Old Trafford um, a few times in recent years, and the lad's phenomenal. He reminds me of like a English R nine. I'm not even joking. The the lads both footed, drop shoulders, step overs, can hit the ball either foot goes in. He's a generational player, and if we can get more out of him this year, I think defence will be terrified of him. I think just uh, one last point on the Premier League, though. Jack Grealish at Man City, obviously a massive transfer. How do we think he's going to fit in there? Do you think? I, uh, for me, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in alongside De Bruyne. I can't, I just can't picture how they're going to use him as well as he he was used at Aston Villa. Um, to have as big of an impact as he did have there when he's playing alongside the likes of De Bruyne, Mares, Sterling. Um, there's a lot of competition in that Foden. squad. Foden, yeah, of course, yeah, Foden. Um, I can't I can't see how he's going to start every game even. Mm. No one at Man City starts every game, no, though, do they? Point. So have you just paid £100 million for a squad player? That's what you've got to look at. Um, arguably, what, Man City's most important player last year, De Bruyne didn't play every game Sterling didn't play every game these players don't turn up to play every game they're a squad Jack Grealish I don't, uh, I don't think competes with Kevin De Bruyne I know you might disagree with that De Bruyne last year towards the end was playing as the uh, main attacker wasn't he and sort mm. of the false nine him being higher up the pitch does that free up Jack Grealish in the middle to be a bit more creative or even on the left hand side has Raheem Sterling actually now got competition because that's where Grealish did play at Villa, left-hand side. I think with uh, Jack Grealish, he's so confident in his abilities. You yeah. know, like any player that was paid that kind of money for you, the pressure would hit you straight away. I think Jack Grealish will thrive off that. Um, and what he's did with Villa, 
Um, you know, that step up, the service he's going to get, the opportunities. Um, I don't think he'll shy away from it. You know, and I have no doubts when we were talking about England in in the Euros. You know, he you know he would have been devastated not to get a penalty, and um, I'm not saying he would have scored it. <laughs> yeah. We would have won the Euros, but um, he's that kind of person that will just want any responsibility that's given to him. So he, yeah, he loves attention, doesn't he? he? Seems to thrive off it. Yeah, like good so. or bad. Um, um, just to carry on with the Premier League, if anyone is interested in fantasy Premier League, like Joe's mentioned, we have actually got a league again this season is yeah right? fantasy premier league's all set up ready to go um obviously the season kicks off friday um which might well be when this podcast is out it might okay. have already kicked off by the time this podcast's out um but if you are listening to this and want to join the league again if you drop us a message and join the discord server um which is just a, it's just an app to download it's really easy to do um, and once you're in there, all the uh, links to kind of things like your your fantasy football are, are all posted on that server. And obviously, being Coventry Church Football League, it'd be rude not to talk about Coventry City, especially as Joe supports them. Obviously, uh, got a good win. I was going to say back at the Rico, but it's not called the Rico anymore. Coventry yeah. Building Society Arena. Yeah. Ah. So I, I I think it's just going to be called the Cov Arena. Um, it's a lot. It rolls off the tongue a bit better, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, massive win. Um, I was a, a little bit disappointed because where where I live, you can actually hear the stadium from my house. Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't I wasn't able to actually go up to the game. Um, but my wife was in the kitchen cooking at the time, um, and I had it on in the the telly in the other room. Um, and she came in and said, "Oh, either someone's just scored, or or the game's just finished, or something," because I just heard a massive cheer. And I was like watching it thinking, oh no, she just spoiled it for me. <laughs> and obviously, uh, Kov won a, a free kick right on the edge of the box. And I was like, well, unless this goes in, it was probably the end of the game. Um, and, and in it went. <laughs> so I had about a 30 second warning on the goal. But yeah, what a result that was. What have they got up their collective sleeves here? Coventry City. Deep into stoppage time. Oh, good save by Samba. Back it goes again. And it just got in. It has. McFadden was there. And Coventry have stolen it deep into stoppage time. A sensation turnaround on their return to this stadium. A fairy tale homecoming for Mark Robbins. They beat us twice last season for us, so it was really good to to see a, a really positive start. And I think they responded really well after half time as well. Yeah. Robbins obviously sat them down, had a talk, did said whatever he needed to say. I think he made a change at half time as well, a slight change to the formation and brought Dom Hyam on. Um and yeah, from that point on we just had a lot more of the ball and, and were a lot more positive going forwards. What are your expectations for the season? Is it just another you know, cons- consolidate in the championship, or have you got bigger aspirations? I think it would be unrealistic to expect Coventry to to do anything other than consolidate, really, for the next four or five seasons. Um, the the financial trouble that the the club has been in and is still in um, is is such that it's going to be very difficult for us to to kind of push for those top promotion spots when you're coming up against teams that have got massive budgets. Um, and I think, I think if we can sort of gradually creep our way up towards the middle of the table, towards 
10th to 12th, something like that. I'd be very happy to sit there for three or four seasons and um, just continue to, to kind of try and make a bit of money, sign some players and then start to think about pushing towards promotion spots. Um, but after the after the few years that we've we've had, I'm um, I'm sure a lot of Cough fans agree with me as well that I'm in no hurry in particular to see us pushing for promotion. Just as long as we can, kind of steady ourselves and and get the points where we where we can, I'll be very happy with that. Uh, one thing we're going to do on this podcast on every episode is have something called the taste test. Tasty. And this is basically five quick fire questions, which we will ask the guests and they have to give a quick answer and then we'll go back over their answers afterwards and maybe have a bit of a debate or a bit of a discussion. We'll start with Gary, as uh, Sean can see the computer and he can see <laughs> the question, so... <laughs> Sorry about okay. that. Okay, so, ready Gary? I'm ready. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. England or Elam? Elam. KFC or McDonald's? KFC. Hope or Meredith? Hope. Adidas or Nike? Adidas. Okay. Interesting. Um, let's just go straight in with, with Sean then. So, uh, Ronaldo or Messi? Ronaldo. England or Christ the King? Christ the King. KFC or McDonald's? McDonald's. Hope or Meredith? Hope. And Adidas or Nike? Nike. Nike, right, so you've both gone for Ronaldo, interestingly. Yeah. Um, I'm Ronaldo as well, and Ooh, you're Messi, Messi, aren't you, man? Oh, I'm outnumbered. Yeah, outnumbered. three to one. I'm a United fan, I've watched him at Old Trafford. Ah, okay. I've got a back Ronaldo all day long. I know Messi's just gone to his end at Barcelona, and we probably won't ever see a player like him. But when I saw Ronaldo play live, mm. uh, and he literally like takes your breath away by what he does, because he's... The ultimate athlete. When he first came mm. to United, he was this 18-year-old from Portugal with a step over and what a little blonde streak in his hair. You know? <laughs> and he was laughed at because all he did was step over. Mm, yeah. The guy worked his socks off and he's turned himself into one hell of a player. So if there was ever a person you'd want to back, that's the person because he showed what hard work would get you in the world. I think just to add on that as well, a little bit away from football, Ronaldo is such a good person in the community as well. Um, he does a lot with regards to the fans and charities as well. Um, so I, I'd have, you know, I both probably would get in the Elam squad, but who <laughs> 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 we had to pick, we'd, we'd Messi is actually still available. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> he won't get into the cross picking squad. Um, I think there are there over twenty, so unfortunately <laughs> they'd have to give it a mess. Sorry about that. I did tell our players that Simon and obviously might be slightly increased if we sign Messi. <laughs> yeah, just to cover the wage demand. So about a million, man. <laughs> not a bad strike partner here, though, Joe. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I'd teach him a thing or two. Who's on pens? Yeah. Uh, you interestingly both chose uh, club over country, Elim and Christ the King. Ah. Um, I guess I, I can kind of relate to that. As as good as it was watching England. You know, do really well at the Euros this year. Um, there's nothing quite like kind of celebrating a win with your team, is there? Yeah. Um, and and kind of going for a title, celebrating a title. There's there's no feeling like it really. Nah, and um, Cross King's brilliant, and I would never play three right backs, so <laughs> I'd, I'd have to back the club over the country. <laughs> I think it's great if you, if you win as the manager. If you lose, it's like, oh no. Uh, if England lose, it feels like at least you've got the whole country with you. And they yeah. all feel the same. 
to, to a degree. Yeah, true. <laughs> to a degree, yeah. It's a lonely place as a manager, especially yeah. when you lose games where you think, you know what, we shouldn't have done this, we should have done that. It's hard being a manager. And so respect to the 18 that are involved this year, they're going to be in for a roller coaster of a ride. <laughs> I think with the club as well what's the reason I edge that way as well it's because there's something special when you get a young lad in your team and you see him developing all the way up until something special and we've had a few cases in that as well but um, yeah I definitely would be uh, not saying no to Southgate if he asked me to play left back <laughs> if only I played right back ok so at the start of the show we gave you a question and the question was again, which team holds the most Division 1 titles in the Coventry and District Church Football League? I would give the answer, but it's not actually on here. So, Joe, you're going to give us the answer? Uh, yeah, so the answer was, those of you who were paying attention when we were going through the um, who, who's competing in which division this year... Uh, the answer is a ripped. Uh, they actually hold five Division One titles. So I wasn't paying attention clearly. I, <laughs> I actually read that. <laughs> you didn't say Christ the King, did you? <laughs> uh, so yeah, a ripped with with five Division One titles and Meredith uh, a close second with four. Um, so I'm sure if it gets close to the end of the season and Meredith are up there, I'm sure a ripped will be cheering on whoever <laughs> is, uh, it, they're up against. Um, so yeah, thanks for for listening, everyone. Um, we will be back soon with another podcast. Um, if you do want to get in touch with a name suggestion for the podcast, please do. Yeah, please do because the Coventry and District Church Football League podcast doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Um, so yeah. Get in touch if you want to join the Discord server as well and become uh, more part of the community. And thanks to uh, Sean and Gary for being our guests today. Cheers, guys. uh, We'll look forward to hosting uh, Mike and Beck from St. John Fisher on the next podcast where we'll talk about the National Trophy and um, how they're going to manage having two teams in Division 1 this season. So, again, thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.